Well, in heaven's eyes, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been waiting for you. <laughs> Since before the foundations of the earth, they saw the end from the beginning. They saw tonight. They saw you would be here. They saw where your body, soul, and spirit would be, and they have come to love you, to feed you, to open up their hearts and let you see who they really are. There is a Hebrew word called moed, and it means the divine appointment. It's used in two ways. God has moeds, divine appointments with us as individuals and for us in the body and for the whole family of God. And tonight is a divine appointment in both those ways. We're going to dance a little bit with the month of Elul tonight. And even if you've never heard of it, that's all right. You don't need to hear of it. Because the truths that he will share tonight, that's what matters. But for those of you who've walked the biblical calendar with us, let me remind you. We came through Purim back before spring. And we drew from that the beautiful lessons of how God takes the things that are meant for our harm and he turns them for good and heals us and there's no residue. And we come out of it with a wisdom and a favor and an intimacy with him that we did not have before we went in. And then we come to Passover and we see the divine lamb himself on the cross. The passionate nuns, nuns say that when he was on the cross, that that's what Psalm 91 really looked like. That Psalm 91 was prophetic of the cross. And they talk about how Jesus is also referred to as an eagle. And they say, if you can imagine this massive eagle with his wings pinned back and you would think that all of his power has gone out for him, but his willingness to have his wings pinned back produced a shadow that from 2,000 years to today, we still stand in that shadow. And we stand in the shadow of the cross and we receive new identity and new healing and new cleansing and we receive the fullness of life and the fullness of family and the fullness of truth. We stand there and no evil can touch us. We are under the wings of the Messiah himself. And then we came to Pentecost and we saw, oh, Father gave us two gifts. He gave us the Son and the Spirit, and we processed during Pentecost, how, how do I say, Holy Spirit, will you help me, please? <laughs> and how do we slowly move into a life of where we're utterly dependent upon him? And that he comes, as the Gospel of John tells us, 14, 15, and 16, the Holy Spirit 
comes in essence to say Jesus is so marvelous. The Father is so sovereign. You can never, 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 never understand them, much less receive them, communicate with them, be one with them, with your human skills. You need me. And the Holy Spirit is here to reveal Jesus to us. He's here to be our counselor, our teacher. He's the one that takes the things of the Most High, and he's our translator, if you will, and translates them to each one of us so that we can begin to understand because he's also the one that's been with you since you were in your mother's womb. So he knows what language you respond to, what things mean the most to you. And so everyone in this room has been in a different place than anyone else. Jesus has been revealed to each of you in a way he's not been revealed to anyone else. We may have some broad statements alike. But he's a personal savior. And the Holy Spirit is there from now until we see him to draw us into oneness and draw us into having the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ, hearing his voice, feeling his presence, and surging with the love for one another that he has for us. And then this summer, we came through the month of Av, which is the time on the calendar when you say, what residue do I have that still has a grip on my heart? Is it a hurt? Is it a pain? Is it a memory? Is it a tragedy? Is it a frustration with myself? What still grabs my heart so that I can't soar free? And the month of Av was the comfort of the Father going, can I help you? May I take that for you? May I carry that burden for you? May I pour a new realm of love in you? Please? Ab is the month of please. Residue of anything that keeps you from peace and rest and freedom. And then last week, we began the month of Elul. And I, I must confess, with every passing year, it means more to me than the year before. Because Elul is a transition month. This is the time on God's calendar when not just to us as individuals, but to his entire body, he says, may, may I love you. M may I have permission to love you. Elul is the acronym for I am my beloved's and he is mine. If you search it, most Jewish websites will say this is the month that says the king is in the fields. And that was the term they used when the king left his palace and was out among the people. And the people could see the king face to face. And for 
a Jewish perspective. This is the month when when they are looking at repentance or setting things aright with the king. This is the month when Noah sent out the dove. This is the month when you're looking at the story of Noah and it's healing and his protection and he's your shelter. And this is the month when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the second set of tablets. And so you see the mercy and the goodness of God. And and this is when Moses is talking to God. And he's frustrated. And, and God says to him, Moses, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. And in the very next verse, Moses says, I'm not going unless your presence is going with me. I resonate with that, don't you? Have you ever had something, oh, in your morning quiet time? And then by lunchtime, you're like, what was that? Moses was just like us. But it happened during Elul. And God came down on the mountain. That king came down to earth, put his presence on the mountain, and says, Moses, you, you can't see me face to face, son, but I'll show you my glory. I'll show you my goodness. And to the Jews, they walk through this month. And the end of the month, on oral tradition, this was when Genesis 1 happened and creation was happening. And so we come into Rosh Hashanah, the new year, and... That's when man was created, and it's beautiful. But we don't live on that side of the cross. So Elul is very different for us. For us, the king left heaven, came into the fields 2,000 years ago, and has never left. He is still in the fields by the power of his spirit. He is still with you 24-7, saying, tell me your heart. Tell me your dreams. Please. Please. And for us, Elul is not the journey to celebrating, if you will, the days of creation in Genesis 1, though we may. But when we come close to Rosh Hashanah, for us, we celebrate, oh my goodness, I am a new creation. And we celebrate that I've been created anew. That I'm not the same woman I was 12 months ago. And I won't be the same woman 12 months from now. For them, they see that slowly at Rosh Hashanah, man and God are face to face, but as the year goes on, they kind of, turn from each other. God doesn't turn. Man gets distracted. And and so they see Elul and, and the early days of the new year is the time to come back face to face with God. But we see differently. Because when we turn our face, we have the spirit of God in us. And so he's turning with us going, do you see me now? Do you see me now? I don't care what direction you turn in. Do you see me now? Do you see me now? He chases us. 
and we can turn and think we forget, and he runs around and goes, do you see me now? We know a God who chases down my face because he loves us. And he chased us down with love when he sent his son, and his spirit is the same. And so the spirit's always going, excuse me, can I love you? Excuse me, can I help you with that? Elul is the month for noticing the little things. A wise woman once wrote something like this. That every one of us sees life differently. And no two of us see life exactly the same. But it's really a miracle that we even see life at all. But it behooves us. Slow down and notice. It's the month for noticing. The difference is if you're out in the country and a little child's excited and they run ahead and and dad follows behind and it's a great fun time and that's wonderful and that's delightful. And then there are times when you take the little child's hand and you say, can I show you this flower? Can I show you this bird? Do you hear the crickets? And the child slows down and father goes, do you see this? Do you see this? Do you see that? Elul is when he's saying, want to take my hand? Can Can we slow down? Can I show you all the little ways I'm loving you? Pretty please? It will change you. (laughs) Jesus talked about it in John 14, 23. He used the language of, we will love you, and we will make our home with you. We will change our address and move in with you. And he has. He's, he's in you going, we're, we're in the same house. Can we talk? I'm with you everywhere. Did you see that? I turned that light green just for you. I turned that one red so you could take a moment and chill down. I took the, I'm doing every little detail for you. Do you see me? Elul is when you stop and you look at him and and you just notice. I know we sound spiritual when we say the earth is full of his glory and all of this and but glory is just wherever you're noticing. So you see, you can have as much glory as you want, because he's just pouring detailed love over you all the time. 
But that's when you say, Holy Spirit, give me the power <laughs> to notice the love, much less receive it. Elul is when you slow down. You don't work at being in his presence. You don't focus on warfare. It's the month of receiving love, children. It is the appointed time to just be in his presence and to learn new things about him and how he loves you. <laughs> For example, did you know that while we are growing in having faith in him, he already has and will forever have perfect faith in you. Do you know he has perfect faith in you? Mm -hmm. He has, as scripture says, no repentance about choosing you. God is love. This sounds like an algebraic formula. God is love. Scripture says, faith grows by love. God is perfect love. Therefore, God has perfect faith for the ones he loves. He has perfect faith in you, darling. It has nothing to do with performance. He's just that thrilled with you. Absolutely thrilled with you. <laughs> I love that in John 17, Jesus prayed, Oh, Father, I want them to believe that you love them the same way you love me. So another example of Elul love realizing and I don't know who this is for but you're sure on Papa's heart realizing that the Roman government all the scribes and Pharisees all the Caiaphas and all the high priests and all the angry mobs and all the soldiers could not detour delay impact or diminish the perfect will of God for Jesus to be at the cross at the right time. They could not hinder even all hell. Even though all hell knows scripture, they could not hinder the prophecy that they would gamble over Jesus' clothes. They could not stop one jot or tittle of the will of God. So when Jesus says, Father, I want them to know you love them the way you love me, he's saying, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived whether it's by yourself, by legalism or circumstances. 
All hell cannot stop God's perfect will for you. It's impossible. Love never gives up. Love endures. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Elul is a time when you realize, wow, you want your home address with me. You want to be intimate with me. You are all about me. And then we begin to feel closer to him during the month of Elul and throughout the rest of the year. But then faith becomes something very different. Faith is not believing for something for me. Faith is having compassion on him. That he already has the highest love gifts planned for me, waiting for me. And so when faith rises, it rises in its purest form when I have compassion for him of, oh, father and son, you have prepared this for me. I don't have to have faith and believe for this and believe for that. I'm just agreeing with what you've already accomplished. And I'm not talking about accomplished just in the broad strokes of salvation, but in the most minute detail of my life you have covered. Rabbi Heschel said that prayer is dreaming with God that it's realizing that he who knows the end from the beginning has not been surprised by anything you've gone through and had to endure, and he's already way ahead of you, lined up perfection and redemption, restoration and joy and abundant life. And prayer is agreeing, Father, may you have your dreams for me fulfilled. Right down to sometimes waking up in the morning and go, Holy Spirit, I want to live the day Father and Son dreamed for me. Isn't that a lot easier than help me with this, help me with this, help me with this? Isn't that sound fun? Trust me, it is. It's a whole lot easier than feeling like you got to hit every little prayer thing throughout the day. It's resting and going, you said you'd make your home with me. So we're at home here together, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You've dreamed this day. And you know where this day fits in the fulfilling of all your dreams for me. And you've already prepared everything I need for this day. So let me slow down and take Dad's hand and walk slow and notice, notice, notice the love gifts all around. Because those little love gifts are like mile markers to his dream for you. And sometimes people will say, well, Susan, I don't have any dreams. And I say, that's okay. I don't either. He never wired me that way. I know that sounds strange, but he just never did. He never wired me to have an ambition. And that's not good, bad, or indifferent. That was just my DNA from God. And so what that's allowed me to do is be totally surprised when he says, hey, we're going to resign private practice and start over from scratch. I know you're 50, but hey, we're just getting started. I go, okay, let's get started. 
Let's go move here. Let's go do this. Let's. And I have found it so freeing. Now, this is my personality, okay? So I'm not putting this on anyone else. Everybody hear this? Everybody hear this? It's so freeing to not be striving to fulfill a dream. And to just follow his voice, because I guarantee you, I never could have dreamed life to be as good as it's been. I never would have dreamed all that he has graced us and merciful allowed us to do through John 17. Or the wonderful people like you. I never would have dreamed I would have known so many amazing people. So it's fun to let his dream come. And so Elul is like a reset where you go, you know what? I'm not asking you for anything this month. I'm just going to receive and know you love me. And I'm just going to believe. I don't have to tell you all my needs. He listens because he loves us. But once in a while, it's nice to have permission. So he's giving you permission that you don't have to rehearse all your needs. You can go back to it next month if you want. But take a little pause and go, Dad, you love me. And you, <laughs> I don't know why this just tickles the little girl in me. He wants to make his home with me, you know. Hey. The most high God's willing to change his address for me. Hey. You know? Oy vey. That's amazing. You see, Elul on this side of the cross is one of the most beautiful, one of the most tender, loving months of the whole year. (laughs) It's when I just let him love me. And it's about receiving. And it's about opening up. And it's about pausing and finding time to love him. In your unique way. With your unique language. It doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to worship more. I'm going to do Bible study more. Wonderful. Those things are life-giving to me too. But sometimes you just got to use a different language. What comes to mind (coughs) is like, how do I tell him? How do I love thee? Wow, Jesus, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love you with the depth and the breadth and the width that my soul can reach when it's far out of sight my own self and even of your own ideal grace. I love you in every day's quiet need that only you and I know I have from sunrise to sunset. I want to love you freely like men fighting for right. I want to love you purely, pushing aside all praise. I want to love you with all the passion 
I put into those old griefs, wounds, and sad places. And I want to love you with all the passion of childlike faith. And I want to love you for the times when I lost love and I was one of the lost love saints. I want to love you with the breath and the smiles and the tears of my entire life. And if God chooses, then I want to but love you better after death. Elizabeth Barrett Browning with Susan's Poetic License. How do you love him? You see, there's no shame. There's no condemnation. In Elul, there is nothing but saying, run to me and I will tell you to sit. You're used to running to me. Okay, run to me. But then I'm going to tell you, all right. Have a seat. And every time you think, oh, I've got to press into Jesus. I've got to run to Jesus. He said, I'm going to have you sit in these chairs. and You're going to sit by me. I'm going to sit real close. And I'm going to let you know that you just make me smile. You make me laugh. You make me delighted. You are the joy that drew me through the agony of the cross. You are the joy that even now Jesus lives to intercede that you receive the fullness of salvation. Every promise fulfilled. You are my joy. You're the one I live and breathe with my sovereignty from the throne room. You are mine. And I am yours. Spend the month here. From now until the Friday before our next Monday meeting, spend the month here. Just receiving. Spend. Letting him love you. Just let him love you. You'll be surprised. By the time we meet in September, you will be different, my dear ones. Something will be rerouted in your neuropathways. Something will be healed in your mind and your emotions. Some of you will realize body aches and pains have just disappeared because there's something about receiving love that we're just made for it. And the more we receive that love, we're the new creation, body, soul, and spirit. So this is the month of Elul. You are your beloved's and he is yours. This is the month when the Jewish people will be celebrating Genesis 1 and the creation of man. 
you will go, oh my goodness, another realm of new creation hit me by mid-September. I'm different than I was a year ago, but I'm even different than I was a few weeks ago. New creation is, is spreading out and blooming in me. I just have to receive it. <laughs> this is Elul. And it's his love gift for you.